Well, let me tell you, self-help books don't help anyone. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome in. Yes, this is the 48 Days Radio Show, Hey, where each week we take about 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then, and only then, finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, to live that life that you say you want to live. Start with that. A lot of people get it backward. They get a job. They get some kind of work in place. Then they try to figure out how to make their life work around it. Boy, that can be frustrating. Don't have to do that. Well, our business partner today is Weebly. Excited to tell you more about them here in a minute, but you can go to Weebly.com slash 48 days and get 15% off when you sign up for your own online store. And you may want that whether you're working for somebody or if you're starting a side hustle business of your own. Either way, it's nice to have a presentation for yourself. I'll tell you about that. Here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today and some of the issues. If you've been issued a fine for having a lemonade stand, you'll want to know this. Somebody wants to know, how long does it take to be an overnight success? Great question. I got a couple examples of overnight successes that I want to tell you about. Somebody asked, Dan, I'm disrespected and my contributions and voice are always dismissed. Should I stay in this field or pursue another career? That's one of those where we have more than just A or B. We're going to look at C, D, E, and F. Dan, what's the difference between coaching and counseling? Well, here's our quotation for today. It comes from Dale Carnegie out of one of those self-help books. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Well, here's what Dale Carnegie said. You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. When you think about what people do today, they jump online, they have a course, they have a new book, they have an event coming up, and it's all about, watch me, watch me, be interested in me. Well, Dale Carnegie says you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. So our call to action this week is, what are you doing today to show your interest in someone else? What are you doing to show your interest in someone else? Now let's go back to the rather provocative opening where I stated Self-help books don't help anyone. Now, did that sound like the end of a sentence or did it sound like I got interrupted when I opened the bumper music at that point? Well, guess what? This is one of those, the rest of the story. There is more. Self-help books don't help anyone who doesn't want to be helped. You know, I get my rash of parents who want to send me their kids and I don't do that. I don't take somebody who's not here of their own will, their own desire. I can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. 
There has to be that part of the equation. You know, there also, self-help books don't help anyone who just read them and don't take action. One of the things that we have on our little eagle replica, replica of the bronze eagle right outside my office window here, on the base of those replicas, it says dream, plan, act. That's pretty much the 48 days mantra around here. Dream, yes. Study, yes. Get information, yes. Listen to podcasts, yes. Go to conferences, yes. But that's just one third of the equation. Then plan. What is that going to mean for you? And then the third part and most important part, the only really important part is act. What action are you going to take? Well, I love the stories that you send me all the time here about people who are taking action. Taking action to make things different, make the world a better place. Now, I'm going to play a little clip here. This is from Country Time. This is a commercial at Country Time. The lemonade manufacturer is running right now. It's getting a whole lot of attention, and I'm going to tell you why I love it. Check this out. Around the country, kids are getting busted for running lemonade stands. Entrepreneurship. Good work habits. Good old-fashioned fun. Shut down because of old, arcane, but very real laws to kids like Autumn Thomason. My lemonade stand got shut down because I didn't have a permit. It was unfair. She's six. It's happening everywhere. No, seriously, look it up. But this summer, things are going to be different because Country Time is introducing Legal Aid, a crack team ready to straighten out lemonade stand-related permits and fines, making sure no kid is denied their right to a lemonade stand and all the benefits they bestow. If you have a problem with your lemonade stand, the offices of Country Time Legal Aid are ready to take a stand for you. Tastes like justice. So, when life gives you arcane laws, make lemonade. We're here for you! And get your permits and fines paid at CountryTimeLegalAid.com. Now, this is a real deal, and I love this on multiple levels. For one thing, it's brilliant, brilliant PR for Country Time to do this. I mean, this thing has gone viral. It's getting all kinds of attention. But I mean, what a cool business move for them to do this. How much do you think this has put Country Time Lemonade on the map? And there's thousands and thousands of people who are saying, gee, I never heard of it before, but I'm going to be buying it from now on because they like what's happening here. Now, this is in response to what you hear about every summer where there are kids who get shut down because they have lemonade stands. Now, I know that cities are concerned about health concerns and all those kind of things, but I mean, really, do we have to go that far to shut down a lemonade stand? I mean, I know when I was, yeah, I was probably about nine or 10 years old. I mean, always the little entrepreneur from the time I could walk, but always looking for opportunities. So we had a big garden. We lived on a farm, of course, a farm family, and we had a big garden, picked lots and lots of sweet corn. When my mom had all that she could possibly freeze or can or we could eat at the table, there was always still corn left over. 
I would get up real early in the morning. I mean, five o'clock when the dew was still out in the garden and I would go out and pick ears of corn and I would drive our little Ford tractor up to the paved road. It was two miles from our house and I'd set up a little stand and sell sweet corn. I actually sold sweet corn for 30 cents a dozen, which lets you know that's been a few years ago. You don't get it for that anymore, but I set up my little, and I always just sold out immediately because people knew that it was from our farm and fresh sweet corn. So that was one of my little businesses. I can't imagine having a state official come by and saying, Dan Miller, 10 year old little boy, you gotta, you're going to get slapped with a fine because you set up your little sweet corn stand here without a permit. Well, as ridiculous as it sounds, that happens a lot. Now, there's some states that have passed exemptions for children, allowing them to have a little food business. But uh, there's a whole lot of really old laws in the books that prevent kids from doing this. And Country Time, the real company, has stepped in. They have a legal aid, ADE division, and they will... Help a child get a permit. Cover the cost up to $300. I mean, if you need an application fee for a business permit, they'll help you do that. I think that's really cool. What a cool thing. Of course, it really touches my heart as well because uh, I'm no longer uh, a kid with a lemonade stand, but I'm a, I, I'm a guy with an old barn in the, out in the country in the middle of a cow pasture, and the city has shut me down cold turkey for having any kind of events on our property. Well, you've heard me talk about that. I'm still in the middle of this. It's been a year of roadblocks and attorney fees and uh, general contractor fees. And I'm still in the middle of this. I've not been able to get this resolved even at a basic level, but here I am. I mean, we're on nine acres. The building's way back off the road. There are no close neighbors by at all. And a lot of you have been at events here. Innovate, Coaching with Excellence, Right to the Bank, things that we did here for 12 years, not knowing we were doing anything wrong. And then it's actually the county decided that was illegal. We can't have what appears to be business events back here. Now, if it's just our family being back here, uh, you know, that's a different kind of thing. But uh, something that would appear to be business, absolutely are forbidden. And there's the clock ticking right now with a a citation that says I have 90 days to either get proper permits in place or bulldoze the building. Well, anyway, I won't get carried on that. I'm confident that I'll figure things out and just keep writing checks to attorneys and they'll work on it for me. But anyway, I'm delighted to see country time stepping up to the plate and providing some of the permit cost for little kids to have lemonade stands. I mean, I love to see little entrepreneurs when Joanna and I go out to around the community or go to garage sales, whatever. And there's somebody at the end of a sidewalk. I don't care if we hate cookies, we're going to buy some and throw them away when we turn the corner on the block, but just support the little entrepreneurs. I love to see them learning that. Got another story coming up here in just a minute. I want to tell you about my friend, Chris McCluskey and what he's doing with his seven children turning them into entrepreneurs. But here's some good news pieces I want to bring you as well. Here's a teacher who carried a 60-pound student on her back because they were going on a camping trip, and she had a 10-year-old student. The teacher's name is Helma Wardenar, and they 
she was going on a camping trip. This is just outside of Chicago, Illinois. She's one of the educators at the Academy for Global Citizenship and has a 10-year-old student, Maggie Vasquez, in her class who has cerebral palsy and would not be able to go with them because her walker, her wheelchair, wouldn't be able to cover the rough terrain they were going to go on. Well, instead of allowing the student to miss out, Helma, the teacher, decided she was going to carry her on her back. So she's got a special harness, $300 harness, that allowed her to take this 60-pound student with her. They went on a three-day camping trip. Every day, they did at least two hours of exploration, and she had this little 10-year-old. Well, there's a video of that. It's a really precious video showing what happened here. Uh, Special time for the little girl, obviously, and the teacher thought, hey, no big deal. She didn't want anybody to miss out on it. And as you can imagine, because this is one of those good news things that gets a lot of attention, somebody set up a GoFundMe campaign to reimburse the, the teacher for the 300 dollar harness that she had gotten and more that they can use for this program cool story a couple more here world's first pay what you can grocery store now this is a store an actual grocery store in toronto and the shelves are stocked entirely with food that was destined for a landfill you know there's i mean groceries have Food that comes in that may have a little bit of a bruise on a banana or an apple or something that gets close to the expiration date or simply an overstock. And usually that kind of stuff just goes to a landfill. Well, here a chef in Toronto finally got it together. They have this grocery store called Feed It Forward. Now, they aren't under the same kind of restrictions because you aren't really going in and paying like a commercial location, but you simply pay what you can. And it's working extremely well. Now, they don't have people just come in and load up a pickup truck. You know, they'll allow family to come in and get just what they need for that day. So it's a fair and equitable kind of uh, supply for a lot of people. But it's working really well. I love that. The pay what you can grocery store. How cool is that? Well, here's another related one. And we're going to go into some questions. But instead of trashing groceries during a cooler malfunction... A Trader Joe's in Kalamazoo, Michigan, donated 35,000 pounds of food to charity instead. Again, this is one of those situations where usually when a grocery store like this has some kind of a problem, they just get rid of the food that is in danger of spoiling or whatever. They didn't. They saw what was happening. They immediately called um, one of the local directors of food service at a mission and said what they had. And they came and gave that food service mission the biggest donation they ever had in history. 35,000 pounds um, for a mission that, that serves over 600 meals to the city's homeless every day. And I like to see those kind of things. Good things are happening all around you. Make sure you're paying attention. If you got a good news item you want me to share here, just shoot it to me. You can shoot that to askdan at 48days.com. Now, here's a good news thing. And this relates to one of the questions that I hear often. You know, how, how long does it take to be a success? I mean, I sometimes tell people that if you're doing the same thing and you're doing it for a year and aren't really seeing significant results, yeah, maybe you ought to pivot. Try something else. Go a different direction. Well, I had pleasure yesterday of talking to Dr. Clark Gaither. Uh, Clark came to one of our events here back in April of 2013. 
So more than five years ago now, he came to an event at one of our illegal events that we apparently were having here called Innovate, but uh, sat there. He was a physician and uh, he's a medical doctor, but uh, was really kind of burned out at that point and wanted to do some other things. So he got involved in our coaching mastery program. He went through our coaching mastery program. He wrote a couple books. He was looking for speaking engagements. And you know, nothing big, dramatic changed. He ultimately did quit the clinical practice that he was in every day where he was seeing people. And he was, you know, burned out on seeing people who come in and gee, they're having heart problems because they go to McDonald's three times a day. And he says, stop going there and they don't do that. Well, anyway, the, the kind of frustrations that a lot of medical doctors have, and he decided he needed to move on to some other things. Well, in doing so, he was then asked, he moved to his um, country home up in the mountains in North Carolina and uh, just wanted something part-time. So he was asked to serve on the board of the North Carolina Physicians Health Program. That's a program that had helped him dramatically through part of his own recovery years and years ago. So he served as part of the team, just as a part-time kind of thing. But now he was helping physicians who were struggling with some of the same issues that he had been struggling with. So instead of working with the patients directly, he's working with the patient providers, the physicians, and really enjoyed it. Well, about six months ago, they called him in, the board called him in, asked if he would consider being full-time medical director for the state. And he couldn't figure out any reason not to, even though he thought he had kind of retired, he decided to go ahead and do this. So he now is the new medical director of the North Carolina Physicians Health Program. I mean, just a delightful opportunity for him. Now, here's what else happened. You heard me mention that he's written a couple books. His most recent book is titled Reignite, Transform from Burned Out to On Fire and Find New Meaning in Your Career and Life. (laughs) Because he is the medical director for the state of North Carolina, he gets ongoing requests to speak at conferences. So his speaking desire has been amplified dramatically. At all these conferences, he presents the books that he's written. He's written five books in the last five years. So all of a sudden, his books are in big demand because of the position. Now, we couldn't have anticipated exactly how that was going to come together. We have a lot of people that come you know, to, through one of our programs, and they want to be authors, they want to be speakers, and we give them tools to get out there and do that. But this is almost a reverse approach where because of a position that he was offered, those things fell in line behind that, the speaking and writing opportunities. But, you know, so he joked yesterday that he's one of our uh, only five years to overnight success stories. Well, we love the process and see a lot of people who develop it over a period of time and uh, certainly a legitimate way to do it. Hey, I want to tell you about one other person as well that I had the pleasure of interviewing yesterday, and that's my friend, Dr. Chris McCloskey. Now, you may recognize him. He's the founder of PCCI, Professional Christian Coaching Institute, um, fellow coach. We cross over, have done projects together, done a lot of things. He's in my personal mastermind. Chris has seven children. 
Now, here's the deal. In teaching, I mean, one of the books that they had their children use as a textbook was my No More Mondays. I mean, they went through that, all seven children. Then they came here and visited us. They li- live in Edgar Springs, Missouri. So it's it's in a, on a 400-acre family farm, and it is a long distance. It's two hours from St. Louis. Actually, a little more than that, a couple hours from St. Louis. But um, not real close to a lot of other urban areas. Their seven children have been raised there, and they've taught their children to explore work models that go way beyond just going somewhere and getting a job. Well, as part of extending that and having children who are now of college age, Chris and Rachel, his wife, decided they would build an incubator center on their property. 400 acres, why not? They'll build a big building there. They had a family meeting, discussed it. The kids said, hey, this sounds great. It's exciting. A lot of potential here. But this doesn't make any sense at all, building it on our property. It needs to be in town where we can, in fact, include other people, other services, give opportunities to other kids as well. So it totally changed the plan. They did that. Chris looked for property in the little town of Rolla, Missouri, and found an old church. Hadn't been used as a church in years and years and was pretty dilapidated, but was able to buy the church. It's a very large building. has a 3,500-square-foot basement alone much less than multiple stories on top of that. But he bought it, very little money involved in the down payment just to put things in place. Went in with his kids and started doing a renovation on the building. They decided they would call it the Ink You Better. I-N-C, You Better. Ink You Better uh, location uh, there in Rolla, Missouri. Well, as they were doing that, the kids said, you know, this would be really neat if we could have businesses here in this building, but if also we were able to live somewhere nearby. Well, not a lot of options in the town, but they did notice that right there, just across the street, there was a pretty nice old Victorian home and then four smaller homes right along with that. Well, Chris and Rachel talked about it and thought, well, that'd be interesting if that ever came up for sale. Well, one of those things that once you take action, put a plan in motion, it's sometimes it's like dominoes starting to fall in terms of doors opening. About a month after they had purchased that church, they got a text from the realtor and said, hey, guess what? That big house and there's four little houses just became available. They're going to be listed. Do you want to look at it? They went in, looked at it took their kids in and looked at it, made an offer the next day and purchased it. But now here's, and um, there's so many details in this. Now they have a big house that can house four or five different couples or individuals perhaps who are working on developing business ideas and four little houses. Uh, three of those were already rented out to businesses. But in purchasing those, making another purchase of five buildings right after you purchased a major building itself, you know, I mean, it wasn't like Chris was just flush in excess cash to go do that. So when the extra house and little buildings became available, they went back to the bank. The bank looked at the whole thing together and based on the improvements they had already done in a very short period of time to the church, they reappraised that and the equity there allowed them to purchase the additional house, a Victorian house and the four little houses with no money at all. They simply wrapped it into one mortgage again. And here, just one final piece. 
This has been all in the last six months. At this point, there's a church that's renting the church building on Sundays, bringing worship back into a building. It hasn't been used for that in years. Some other things that are going on there, and also the rental of a couple of the little houses. The combined rent on those more than pays the mortgage on the entire purchase pays the entire mortgage plus positive cash flow. Now, that's one of those ideas where you couldn't imagine it, you couldn't dream it to be to work out so perfectly. But it's one of those things. Once you start to, I, I used as an introduction when I interviewed Chris yesterday, the little verse from, uh, well, that, that's called the prayer of Jabez. Remember when that was popular a few years ago where Jabez prayed, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And God granted him his request. I thought, boy, what a great example of enlarging your vision. But once you have a vision for what's possible, it's amazing how doors will open. Chris has a wonderful, wonderful story of that. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that. It sure inspires me to hear stories like that. Well, I want to tell you about when it comes to that, those businesses that are starting there, and Chris already has a couple of their children. Um, Alessa has a photography business. James, first new son-in-law, has a web design business as well. And speaking of web design, I want to tell you about our business partner today, Weebly. I mean, if you've ever thought about doing your own thing, boy, you're not crazy. Trust me. You hear about a lot of things, people right here, and you're like 82 million other very sane Americans who said they'd start their own business if they could. Well, guess what? You can. A lot of those people are going to wring their hands and not do anything. They're going to dream, but they aren't going to move into the planning and acting stage. You can do that. I mean, Weebly wants to see you take that leap, turn your idea into a successful online business. So they made it really easy to get started. First, by making it dead simple to create a great looking website, but more importantly, by providing a whole bunch of backend tools that help you turn that website into a successful business. So let's say you're an artist, you want to sell your art online with Weebly, you can build an online store that makes your products, allows you to show them there, allows you to promote your brand, look incredible. Then it can manage inventory, collect payments, run promotions, even have a live chat with your visitor, which is becoming real popular if you want to do that. So they're ready. When you're ready to go, they can help you get discovered on search engines, create marketing campaigns, get return customers and all of that. So whether you're just looking to start or you already have something, you need to get it positioned better or you're ready to move into your dream job and want a personal site. I mean, any of those, Weebly can help you get your idea up and running quickly. Just visit Weebly.com slash 48 days. You'll see a welcome there to the 48 days listeners, and you're going to get 15% off your first purchase. Again, Weebly, and believe me, it's more than just a beautiful website. Go to Weebly.com slash 48 days and get that 15% discount. Now, here's a question that comes from Lance. It says, I'll try to keep this short and to the point. I need some advice. I'm an accountant with 11 years of experience in my CPA license. My self-confidence is at an all-time low because my work environment and the way my boss treats me. I'm disrespected and my contributions and voice are always dismissed. I love helping other people and building relationships. I'm not sure if I should stay in this field or pursue another career. I don't like competing with other people. 
I need inspiration, and the entire process seems overwhelming. I don't know where to start. I'm open to any recommendations. Thank you for your time. Well, Lance, let's back up a little bit here. This may not, you, you say you're not sure if you could stay in this career or move on to another career. I don't think this is an issue of having another career, but certainly another location. I mean, don't negate your 11 years of experience and the time, effort, and money expended to get your CPA license. But what you describe in terms of a toxic work culture is just one toxic work culture. There's thousands of business. I don't care where it is you live. I don't, it doesn't show where you live, but I don't care where it is. It can be in Golly, it can be in the middle of Idaho or it can be out there next to Chris McCluskey's family in Edgar Springs, Missouri. There are going to be businesses around that can use your services as a licensed CPA. I would encourage you to do a job search. Now, if you recognize that after 11 years, gee, you hate accounting, but it doesn't sound like that at all. You just see your self-confidence is low because the work environment you have and the way your boss dismisses you. Good grief. Just get another position up and running. Or you may decide to make that subtle transition that we often talk about here where you just changed the work model a little bit. I mean, my accountant was just here yesterday here at the sanctuary. Um, We didn't have any local officials show up and chase her out during that time, fortunately, but uh, she was here. Now she was an accountant for a company a few years ago actually about 12 years ago. I think she's been my accountant for about 12 years, but she was working for a company and she decided, you know what? I don't really enjoy having to be here at eight o'clock in the morning, here till five at night, you know, driving across town, blah, blah. What if I just took my abilities as an accountant and rather than have one customer, what if I had eight or 10 customers? Well, that's exactly what she's done. Now, she comes to my place one day a month. That's it. I mean, we have, you know, pretty robust business, but it's not complicated. I certainly can't justify having an accountant on staff here 40 hours a week. I mean, I'd have her, you know, wash the windows and, you know, sweep the hallways to try to create things to do for 40 hours. Well, she recognizes that. She loves working with small businesses. She loves working with small businesses with a mission. She doesn't just take on anybody. She wants people who are doing things that are causes she believes in. She loves what we do at 48 Days, how we give hope and encouragement to people, inspire people to move on in doing things that are more more meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. She's very much in that space. But you may decide you want to do that. So you're an accountant, you're CPA. What if you got 10 companies where you handled their accounting, where it took you one or two days a month to do that. Let's, let's just say that, and I won't tell you exactly what I pay her, but let's, let's say you, you, we'll use as a, a generic example, $800 to do their accounting, to create profit and loss statements, help with quarterly tax deposits, those kind of things. So let's say that it, it requires an average of $800 and you spend one to two days a month. Well, if you spend one day a month and you have 10 clients and that's 10 days out of the month, 
If you are charging $800 for that, that's $8,000. That's probably more than you're making in a full-time position. And you reduce the time by more than half. I mean, that's not an unrealistic example at all. So use this as an opportunity, Lance, to look at what it is you're doing and see if this is a time to maybe change the model. But if nothing else, certainly just do a job search and move into a different position so you don't have to put up with this garbage you describe that you're putting up with where you are now. Well, hey, the music reminds you there. We're not at the end. Just a reminder, we are dealing with real life questions, situations from people like you, the listener. If you've got a question you want us to consider here, be delighted to put it in the mix, the lineup that I look at on Wednesday mornings when I open that magic mailbox. You can go to the 40 Days site, click on a podcast and leave it there. You can leave an audio message if you want, or you can just simply type it in there or more easily, most of you recognize, you can just shoot an email to me directly at askdan at 48days.com. Again, that's askdan at 48days.com. Well, this comes from Dan, question, and Dan wants to know, what's the difference between coaching and counseling? I've had a hard time lately and don't know if I need life coaching or some kind of counseling. I wake up stressed and sad, hoping to find the faith to tackle another day at a job I hate. I put a brave face on, but I feel like I'm drowning in quicksand. Thanks for your books and content. I've been a listener for many years. All right, what's the difference between coaching and counseling? I mean, my background is in clinical psychology. I mean, my both my bachelor's and my master's degrees were in clinical psychology. My doctorate then is in religion and society. Took a little bit of a turn there, but clinical psychology is my academic background. And that's certain, well, you know, the definition of clinical psychology, I looked it up just to remind me, because it's been a whole long time since I kind of looked at that directly. It says it's an integration of science theory and clinical knowledge for the purpose of understanding, preventing, and relieving psychologically based distress or dysfunction and to promote subjective well-being and personal development. Golly, yeah, sounds like a psychologist right in the definition there. Well, I got that background, that training, but I'll have to admit it had a whole lot more to do with me than it did learning information that would launch me into a career. I never had any desire to be a psychotherapist. I mean, I, I, I know that my studies were more for personal understanding than they were for creating a career path. So as you know, you know, you've probably heard me talk about, I've never had a real job. Um, I did try, I partnered with an established therapist in Tustin, California at the center for human understanding. Uh, How's that for a grandiose title? The center for human understanding after I got my master's in clinical psychology and I was going to handle half the patient load. He would handle the other. We kind of split up. I was going to work with younger people. He was going to work with more mature clients. I was there for three months and I went home and told Joanne, if I have to spend one more day listening to people whine and complain about their petty little problems, I'm going to, you know, have to change chairs with them. I can't take it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I just quit. Got in partnership with another friend, you know, selling used cars and went on other with other entrepreneurial things and had a whole lot more fun. I said, I don't want to be a psychologist. 
Now, even in later years, as that developed, I still had that background, you know, often volunteered just as a, a listening ear, churches that we were involved in, but I never had the patience to be a psychologist or a counselor, meaning I don't want to have somebody come in once a week for the next two years to cry on my shoulder. And we hope that in that period of time, there's some little positive increment of change. Now, I know that I've kind of just thrown counseling under the truck here, and I don't mean to do that. We certainly need counselors and I have counselors, competent counselors that I refer people to all the time because I think they do need counseling, a longer period of having somebody listen to them. Now, here's, here's where I'll, I'll help with the distinction here a little bit. We'll do, we'll do kind of a thumbnail distinction. Counseling is usually focused on revisiting the past and finding healing, you know, from wounds that that person has had. So if somebody is struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder or bipolar disorder, you know, or things that are clinically diagnosed like that, you know, a lot of those things are kind of keyed toward earlier events in that person's life. And so the way they get through coping with those disorders or stressors or anxiety, depression, grief, you know, is helped by going back and kind of reliving that again. Somebody that has eating disorder, you know, or or a lot of anger or frustration or something, you know, they're going to need counseling. Counseling takes place over a long period of time. Some of those early patterns, it takes a while to really change those. Coaching, on the other hand, looks to the future. So counseling is going to look more at the past. How, what are those things that made you who and what you are today? Coaching says, okay, you know, I I care about, you know, how your mommy, mommy potty trained you. But uh, now that we spent 30 seconds on that, let's draw a line in the sand. Let's decide where do you want to be five years from now? How are you going to get there? Again, I'm simplifying, but that is in essence what we do. We want to look to the future very quickly. I love that. Boy, when, when I figured out this is what coaching is all about, I was in totally, immediately. Yeah, I'll do that. But that also moves very quickly. My most popular coaching process is called the Eagles Club coaching process. It's four sessions, four two-hour sessions. I expect those to take place within the 48-day time frame. And as you know, I expect dramatic change to happen in those 48 days. If on day 48, you decide to keep doing everything that you were doing on day one, I mean, that's fine. I'll still be your friend, but I'm moving on. I move on with people who dream, plan, and act and do it very quickly. Coaching is a good fit for that. We look to the future. Decide where you want to be, what actions is it going to take today to move you toward that desired goal? Take action. You can do that in 48 days. I would never promote, you know, 48 days counseling. (laughs) That's a different process. So that's some of the difference. I hope that helps you. You know, we we have our coaching mastery program. We're now at, uh, I think, about 105 participants in there, which I'm thrilled about. cool success stories. I already told you about Dr. Clark Gaither. I mean, he's one who came through a couple years ago. His success may have been a little more gentle in its upswing, but now he's hit that hockey stick kind of uptick in what he's doing and is an overnight success. But he's in there. Certainly a lot of other people, Giovanna Ellison, Kent Julian, Devin Gino, other people you've heard me talk about who are uh, certified coaching mastery coaches 
through our 48 days coaching program. But that's what we, we teach people, how to help coach people and how to turn that into a very profitable business as well, a real business. Well, let me grab this. And Lori says, uh, Dan, I've been working remotely for the last 12 years for a company that was recently purchased and moving their headquarters to Austin, Texas. I've requested and been denied the opportunity to continue working from the beautiful home I just built in the Smoky Mountains. Now, see, there's a good reason to not move, to not just follow the job. You just built a home that you love in the Smoky Mountains. Stay there. You can figure out the work part, but if you follow the job to Austin, Texas, and then are frustrated because of having to live in the city, nah, don't do that. Anyway, Lori continues here. I need to jump back to her question. She says, I've worked in real estate marketing for the last 17 years. Most of those on the IT side, acquiring and managing MLS data feeds. Here's my challenge. I'm 57, no college degree, and I live in a beautiful small town where there's no opportunities for someone with my skill set unless I'm willing to cut my salary in half. Lori, we're going to come back and destroy that sentence, but in a minute. Lori says, I've always had a side hustle. I currently have a small social media marketing business that focuses on authors who write in a very niche market. I love it since it feeds my creative side, but it's not anything that I can realistically think I can grow enough to support myself. I've been contacted by a local realtor who's looking for someone to assist him with paperwork and marketing part-time. I'm very interested and it got me thinking. I wonder if there are other agents who could use my services and if I could turn that into a full-time gig. The real estate market is booming in my area in the Smoky Mountains she's talking about. And if I could make enough to afford health insurance and pay the bills, I think it would be something I'd enjoy doing. Having been through the process of selling a couple of my own homes and recently building a house, I think my real estate lie, my real, my real estate, my real interest lies in helping the agent home seller, home builder make the process easier and less stressful. I have some ideas, but need help getting started. What resources would you recommend to facilitate turning my ideas into a reality? All right, Lloyd, boy, I, I mean, I love what you're laying out here. And I think you're in a really great position to move forward. When you say that you've been working remotely for the last 12 years for a company and doing the real estate marketing for them, my goodness, I mean, you just opened the door. You just laid the foundation. That's one company. That one company decided to move their headquarters to Austin, Texas, and wanted decided they wanted you to go along rather than continue working remotely. How many real estate companies are there in the United States that would care less about where you live if you're handling their real estate marketing? I mean, that's the deal. Now here, now let me go back to the sentence that I want to absolutely throw up in the air and shoot. And that is I'm 57, no college degree. And I live in a beautiful small town where there's no opportunities for someone with my skill set, unless I'm willing to cut my salary in half. Where you live has nothing to do if you're working remotely handling people's real estate marketing needs. It has nothing to do with being 57. It has zero to do with having or not having a college degree. You're not going to get people saying, well, gee, you know, I see the work that you've done. It's really stunning. And yeah, I mean, the last company you worked with, I mean, just rocketed to the top of the charts because of the real estate marketing you were. But did you get a degree? Do you have a college degree? At 57, we're concerned that you don't have a, nah, 
I mean, you know, that's not going to come up as part of the conversation. They're going to want to see what you do and showing what you do and being able to document, verify that, that ought to open up any opportunities you want. Real estate marketing. And here's the other thing. When I, when I read on down and say, um, there's a local realtor who's looking for someone to assist him with paperwork and marketing part-time, you just reduced yourself to an administrator. Why would you go back to a $15 an hour job if you have the ability to do social media and marketing for real estate companies? That ought to have nothing to do with hourly compensation, but simply be something you're compensated for, either because of a monthly retainer, Okay, we could do like we were talking about the previous question. You know, you could have 10 companies where you're giving them oversight and consulting and it's $1,000 a month. Very minimum kind of investment for a real estate company to do. Wow, 10 companies, you're doing that? There's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of economy of scale, we would say, because a lot of what you're doing for one company, you could also do for another company. You may have 90% of what you're doing in terms of resources and uh, action plans that you give them that are boilerplate, that are in common for all 10 clients, and then 10% that's personalized for that company based on where they are or who they are, whatever. And in doing so, I mean, with what I just described, that'd be $10,000 a month. Now, I don't know what you're used to making, but uh, uh, there's, there's certainly no push to lower your salary. You're in a perfect position to write your own ticket and use the skills that you've proven that you have because location really isn't an issue. It really doesn't matter. Well, wow. Golly, I don't, I don't have time to, to open up any more questions here. We got a bunch of them. Well, if you're interested in our coaching mastery program, I mean, I'll put a link in our notes about that. I mean, a lot of you are asking yourselves, you know, can you be a coach? Well, maybe with my description of the distinction between counseling and coaching, you're saying, yeah, I want to do that. I want to help move people forward. I want to do the kind of things and get the kind of stories that we have here on the 48 Days Radio Show. Well, if so, check out our coaching mastery program. I'm delighted to, uh, um, I mean, we have pretty stringent requirements for getting into that in terms of where you are now, your positioning for that, but I'd be happy to talk to you about that. That's uh, the most exciting program we've got going on right now, probably. Well, there's a bunch of places that I'm going to be coming up. Golly, going to be at, um, well, I don't have time to even run through all of those, but um, we'll bring up the music here and start the, start the slowdown. I'm going to be at the Podcast Movement in Philadelphia, doing a presentation there on the lasting impact of your audio message. I'm excited about I'm going to be at Kent Julian's Paid to Speak Conference. Again, you can go to firstpaidspeech.com slash 48 days and see if you're a candidate to develop a speaking business. But I'm going to be there in August. Be at Cliff Ravenscraft's Free the Dream Conference here in Franklin in September. Then I'll be at Carrie Oberbrunner's Conference, Igniting Souls Conference in Columbus, Ohio in October. That's pretty much all I'm going to commit to the rest of this year. But there's going to be four great conferences coming up here over the next couple months. Excited about that. Get our call to action today is what are you doing today to show your interest in someone else you got a business idea you want to move forward do that show your interest in someone else compliment what somebody else is doing congratulate them on a new success buy the book that they just came out and do a review on amazon 
When you do those kind of things, you'll be amazed what's going to happen to your own success. So be a friend rather than trying to get people to love, to love you right out of the gate. What are you doing today to show your interest in someone else? Well, hey, hope you're having a great week. The summer's winding down. Well, not really winding down, I guess. But uh, anyway, we're well into it at this point. Ready to head right into July here. Make it your Independence Day as we head through that holiday. But thanks for being part of this group of people. Growing group where we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. To change the future.